Today's topic is Resistance 101, and it's such an important topic. I have to say, it's the most common question I get from people who are thinking about starting or leading a change. I have all these new ideas or things I want to do, but I can't make any progress. I don't have support around me. There's not the buy-in around me to actually get started. What do I do? Today's guest, Nancy Bistritz-Balkan, who heads up communications for cybersecurity at McKesson, is the perfect guest on this topic and has so many tips and stories to help you face resistance with confidence and passion and find your way to make progress. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to get into the topic of resistance, something that we all face, and we have the perfect guest today. To dive into this topic, I want to welcome uh, Nancy Bistritz Balkan. And Nancy, I want to just tell them a little bit about who you are, and then you jump in here and tell me what I've missed, okay? Great. Welcome. And Nancy is a communications veteran. She's got 25 years of experience spearheading communication efforts in all kinds of complicated situations. Right now, she heads up the global cybersecurity communication effort at McKesson and does everything related to executive communications, communications for their global team, Strategic Communications Council. I can only imagine some of the issues that you are facing, and I can't wait to hear more about them. Also, previously, she was Vice President Communications and Consumer Education at Equifax and created their first consumer education program in being their external spokesperson. So the perfect person to get into the topic of resistance. What have I missed, Nancy? No, I think you summed it up very well, very well. I think everything in there is is accurate and, and spot on. So nice, nicely done. Thank you very much. Okay. Very good. I also want to say this is Nancy's birthday. And so I will be always indebted to her for actually joining my podcast on her birthday. So extra, extra brownie points for that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, okay. Resistance. Let's talk a minute here. What are we talking about here? And so the way I I sort of set it up is that idea that, you know, you're, you want to make a change. You want to lead a change. You want to create a change in your life. And yet you're getting some resistance around you and others aren't on board. You can't make progress. You might be feeling stuck because you're rowing in a little bit different direction. How do you think about it? I'm like, if you had to define resistance, or how do you think about it? Well, that's a great question. First of all, thank you very much for having me today. This is, a great, this is a great topic of discussion. I think it really goes hand in hand with communications. And, you know, from a resistance to change perspective, it's been my experience that, There's a couple of things that and immediately come to the surface when you talk about that resistance. And certainly what I think of when you and I talked about in advance sort of this topic and, you know, certain things immediately bubbled up to the surface with respect to the experiences I've had. And there's a couple of things that they've all had in common. It was that with the stakeholders I was dealing with, whether it was at the interactive marketing agency I worked at, whether it was Equifax, whether we were talking about cybersecurity, there was this, you know, unknown component, right? This like, 
I don't really understand that. And I don't know much about that. And so the resistance came in part from, okay, well, this is new. This feels new and this feels off. And sometimes I think resistance can come from that discomfort of not really knowing and fully understanding something, right? I think the second part of it is that with him factor, right? It's the what's in it for me, right? Okay, if we make this change, if we do this thing differently, even if you're talking about a personal change, it's like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, how is this going to work? I want to go and start a new exercise regime. Okay, well, what's in that for me? Like, do I have to wake up earlier? Do I have to stay up later? Do I have to take a lunch? And so it's the whiffing factor. And then I think there's also the component and certainly what I've seen at my time at Equifax, and even dealing with a topic like cybersecurity, it's just this there's a whole knowledge component and there's a whole like understanding and educational factor that has to take place. Right. And all of that to me has this common thread of discomfort that people aren't really comfortable with. And I think, you know, change happens when you can get people to be comfortable with that discomfort right? When you can get somebody to go, hmm, I've never done this before. Not really sure, but I'm going to go along with you. And I'll give you a really good example. When I started working at Equifax, believe it or not, Equifax wasn't in the business of doing media interviews with mainstream reporters about credit. They would talk to reporters and journalists about their products that they sold to consumers, but they weren't really big on, hey, the Wall Street Journal called. They have a couple of questions about credit scores and credit reports, sort of how they work, the ins and outs of it. And they just weren't in the business of doing that. And I joined the company and questions started coming to me while I was in their PR, I was in their, you know, I was head of their PR for their consumer division. And we would get a lot of journalists coming to us just kind of wanting to know the ins and outs, the ABCs of credit reporting and credit scoring. And I remember going to, of course, I worked with our corporate communications team and our legal partners. And I went to them and said, you know, we've got these media inquiries coming. I think we need to start considering doing this as part of our effort of being a corporate responsible citizen. And that just felt, especially to our legal partners, right? I mean, you know, if you think about it, you know, Equifax is not in the business, nor should they be, of going around telling people how to improve their credit score. They're there to tell you what's in your credit report, what your credit score is. That's what they're responsible for. And you know, for legal, this felt very uncomfortable. For corporate communications, this was very different. Again, uncomfortable. And it was really over a period of time. And when I say a period of time, we're talking three years before people got really comfortable with, okay, there's value in this. There's good here, right? And and that's really what we were trying to do, or at least I was trying to do it, It was all about doing something that was good for the consumer, good for the customer, good for the company, 
But again, it started off with that, you know, something doesn't feel right feeling. And I remember the moment that I felt like I had gone through the change curve and I had really hit the nail on the head. And it was a very simple moment. I remember being on a business trip and the legal partner that I had worked with consistently over the three years, he was there and he said, I remember you first talking about wanting to educate consumers more. And from a PR perspective, I thought it was crazy. It was just not something that we were used to doing. And he said, I now see the value of it. I now see why it matters. And I think if you can take a legal partner on that journey, to me, that was, you know, if I can recall it this to this day, <laughs> I mean, that was triumph for me. That was success. Major, major. So I want to, you mentioned the word discomfort mm-hmm. two or three times in yeah. your story. And mm-hmm. so it may not be that it's a bad idea. So I'm just uncomfortable because this is new. So break your story down a little bit. And I know it was a three-year journey, but how did you first start to move that needle to get other people to, let's think about this differently. How did you get them to relook at this situation at the very beginning? It was really about relationship building, first and foremost. I, I could not have started off that process of kind of changing the mindset without first having the relationships, right? I needed I needed the trust factor that I wasn't doing something that would jeopardize the company. I was really doing something that if nothing more than a hunch, I had a sense that it was the right thing to do. The second thing I think was absolutely showing them examples of how this had been done well. So I had no, absolutely no pause about going to the folks at Equifax and saying, look at what Experian's doing. They have a consumer education department. They have somebody who's dedicated to to this full time. And I wasn't even doing that. I was just in the PR team. And this was just, you know, a small part of my job. I was responsible for PR, internal communications and content. So this was even before I created the consumer education program. But I said to them, look, our competitors are doing this, you know, and I think the third thing I did is I took them along the journey with me. So I was very careful about saying to legal, okay, let's do this. I'm not going to get on the phone with anyone. Let's start off by getting some of these interviews over email. And reporters would send me questions. And a lot of times reporters would be fine with just Q&A. And I would sit down, I would craft my responses, and I would partner with legal to, to do a gut check to say, hey, is this, am I, is there anything in here that's not correct that I shouldn't be saying? And here's the interesting part of that. I do think that when you're the change agent, right, when right, you're the right. person who's instigating the change, you have to have the onus of owning the humility of being able to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to learn with you. And so I was very, very receptive to let's get on the phone. Let's review my answers and the changes you made from a legal perspective so that I understand how this process is going to work and I understand and can do better next time. So it was really about strong relationships. It was really about taking them 
through the process and through the journey with me. And then it was also about me having the humility to say, okay, look, I've got to learn through this process too. This is new for everyone. This is new for me. So I, I think there's that as well. And I, I firmly believe that even as we get into like, we could talk about cybersecurity, cybersecurity 10 years ago, everyone saw it as, you know, everything around cybersecurity was, you know, it was, it was all in dark colors. It was guys in hoodies, you know, Mm -hmm. scary guys in a hoodie sitting behind a computer and, you know, fast forward to today and you're having completely different conversations about cybersecurity. Mm. And the big thing I think with cybersecurity, especially when you're a change agent in that, in cybersecurity or having anything to do with cybersecurity you're really, really challenged with the fact that cybersecurity is very complicated. It's very complex. It it's it's not cut and dry. And so I don't know a lot about this. You know, that is certainly the dominant. I think that is the dominant resistance factor is please don't talk to me in a language that I don't understand. I need this simple, simple, simple. So Yes. Yeah. So you've got that issue. Okay. So you've mentioned several things I want to highlight. Mm-hmm. One, you talked about relationships. Yep. So that's that's almost. I'm going to put. Yeah. I'm going to assume you mean also you're building some trust with people. Yeah. Absolutely. Second thing you mentioned is information, data, facts. Right. Other people right. are doing this. The third, the journey, and right. then breaking things down, the complex to the simple. Also, one other thing, going back to the to taking people with you into your Equifax story, is. I think what the interesting thing you're talking about there is you're, that means if you're willing to do what you did, it, well, you might have been on step eight, you were willing to go back, your point humility, to go back and say, I'm going to walk with you through steps one, two, three. We're going to do this together, even though you probably already knew what was going to happen. Oh, I knew. You, yeah. yeah. You were you were anchoring, though, to where they were, not where you were. Exactly. Yes. Totally. You're you're Mm -hmm. spot on with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. when we developed the consumer education program, the way that happened was, you know, again, if you think about change and, you know, your stakeholders, I was really up against the most critical stakeholders. Equifax had gone through its cybersecurity incident. Of course, I had still had this passion for consumer education. I loved doing interviews with reporters. I had loved really helping people was something that I was very passionate about. And following the cybersecurity incident at Equifax, our CMO, who I had, you know, I had been on very good terms with her. I had worked a lot with her through the incident. She came to my boss and said, we're thinking about putting together a consumer education program. And I thought, yay, this is this is right yeah. up my alley. But Good. part of getting that stood up at Equifax was getting the buy-in of the entire executive operating team. So I had to sit down in front of the CEO and all of his direct reports and explain to him why he should support a program that was not going to generate any immediate revenue, was, you know, really going to be challenging considering we had just gone through a major incident. And, you know, that this was actually going to be helpful. And so 
all of this I knew. All of this I had seen the value of it. I had certainly know I obviously been aware of the whole journey that I had been on, but I had to go back to the beginning. I had to you know, start from the beginning with these people and once again, take them through. And I think part of the thing with me, I do think when you're a change agent, one of the things that you really have to have and lean on consistently is passion. I think I sort of consider them the two things and it's, it's passion and personal, right? And to me, being able to sit in front of the CEO and his direct reports and, you know, really leaning into that passion. And, you know, to me, that was that, that I, I think that really helped convince that team that this was a worthwhile effort. And it was, you know, again, I think, you know, when we talk about cybersecurity, it may not resonate with employees when I start talking about protecting our critical systems. It may not resonate But when I sit there and tell them my story of having gone through what I did with Equifax and the cybersecurity incident and why that's important on so many levels, that personal, that absolutely has impact. That is where the connection, that is where it's relatable. That to me is where you can bring people along with you, especially when you're talking about a broader audience, you know, employees, something that has, you know, when you need to make it more relevant and relatable. I think that's, you know, the relevance component is is key as well. Right. And that's back to one of your early points about the what's in it for yeah, me. Absolutely. Right? It's, not, it's not an abstract concept. Absolutely. I want to talk about cybersecurity because I mm-hmm. think cybersecurity is, and that's the world you're living in, as right. you said, super complex, changing by the minute, mm-hmm. very timely. But it's also probably like a lot of other topics that people face that it's unknown. There's a lot of misunderstanding. People don't, it's complicated. And how do you, if you, you know, obviously being the work that you do in communications and having that expertise, how do you go about getting others engaged, understanding cybersecurity with all of those challenges? Yeah. And and I would add to that, there's a incredible negative connotation with it. Oh, right. It so right. It, it's going in there already with, you know, how many strikes against it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I joined McKesson, you know, I had been through the incident at Equifax, but I didn't have the full knowledge awareness that I think I do now when it comes to how complicated it is as a technology, right? Right, right. And I I think, again, the personal stories and personal story that I have about, you know, what happens when you aren't focused on it, when you aren't necessarily putting it front and center, when you aren't giving it the attention, there's that aspect. But then there's also the value of it, right? And I think, the key to cybersecurity for me and having that meaningful conversation has been, you know, really talking about it in a way that has value to it, not just to, you know, to an individual and employee, but also to the company, right? Because when we're talking about cybersecurity at McKesson, we're talking to 
a number of different stakeholders, right? And so it does become it does become challenging. And I think that's more where your relevance comes into play, right? If I'm an employee, if I'm in, you know, HR or finance or whatever other functional area, and I've got to talk to that employee about why cybersecurity is important. There's a certain, to me, a relevance and a connection you have to make. Like that's where the with them comes in, you know, and it's huge. When you're talking to leadership, there's a little bit of a different, conversation you're going to have, right? It's it's a little bit different. It's the business value. It's the competitive advantage, that, that sort of dialogue. That to me is when you really have to know your audience. And that has been, I think if, if nothing else, in addition to learning cybersecurity technology, I think really thinking about who am I talking to? Who am I trying to influence the change in behavior, whether it's educate, whether it's inform, whether it's bring them through this journey, you really have to pay attention to who you're talking to. And I think so many times people, for whatever reason, just feel like, okay, I need to make a change and I'm just going to make a sweeping change and that's it. And I'm going to talk to everyone like they're the same. And I think it's really, you have to think about your audience. Everybody. And you're, you know, you're kind of going at the, you've got to put yourself in their shoes, sit in their chair. What are their fears? What are they thinking about? What are they worried? That's the same thing you hear. If we're talking about influencing skills, if we're talking about building trust, emotional intelligence, you, it, it just seems like that is kind of, I hear you say that in your stories you cannot go in with, here's all the stuff I know, here's what I think. It has to be from right. their perspective. Right. And I do think there there's something to be said to me about, you know, again, going back to the personal, um, to the passion, I do think that as well. I mean, you can, you can present data all day long. You can pre- present information all day long. But if there's not something wrapped around it, it just to me, falls flat and the change becomes harder, right? In my mind, I'm going to follow someone who's attempting to make significant change, who has a real passion and a a personal way that they're trying to make the change. That's in my mind that those are the most effective change agents. And so I I feel like as, as unpassionate as cybersecurity might sound, to me, it's the, you know, there's there's a reason why I've become passionate about it. There's a reason why I, if I can change the way one person does something in their everyday working habits, and there's a success for them, then I'm happy about it from a cybersecurity standpoint. Right. Okay, Nancy, you've used the word passion multiple mm-hmm. times, so you have to have it. Okay, if I am somebody, I'm early in my career and I'm thinking, gosh, I can't go in and command the room. I'm not. How can you demonstrate passion no matter where you're coming from, what role you might be in? What does it look like? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I don't know that I could answer that right now. I mean, I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to be in situations where I've had the opportunity to latch on to something 
right? And and really, you know, sort of take it, own it, and run with it, right? I mean, whether it was the consumer education program and the effort that I did at Equifax, or certainly, um, you know, again, going back to the interactive marketing agency that I talked about, where mm-hmm. we went from a traditional advertising agency to a design thinking shop. And that's a huge Crazy. change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, the way that I had success with that and the way I had success with sort of commanding the room is I said, you know what? I believe in this. I'm yeah, going to get educated mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most important things to me. In all of those situations, you know, I knew nothing about design thinking, but I I thought, okay, well, I'm going to learn about it. That way I can go in and and command the room. So, you know, as I'm talking through this with you, I think that the common denominator has been the knowledge about it. I'm not going to follow someone, whether they're a junior level or senior level, if I don't think that they have the knowledge around it. And I think you've really got to, you know, really understand the change, understand the why. I think the why is huge. Without that, your your change is just going to fall flat. So I think educating yourself, really, really having the confidence to talk about a change that you're trying to make. I think those are the two biggest things. Gotcha. Yeah. Confidence and, and knowing what you're talking about. Otherwise right. no one's going to trust what you right. have to say. Right. Yeah, and confidence, we all display confidence in different ways. I also think you also mentioned enthusiasm. I can remember somebody yeah. early in my career telling me, look, nobody's going to be more enthusiastic about your ideas than you are. So you're exactly. setting the baseline. Exactly. And so I think, okay, that, you know, that kind of makes sense. So you know, as I'm listening to you, Nancy, I mean, you're talking about, there's a little bit of an art to this, right? It's yeah. not like this little simple formula. Right. So I'm wondering, I want you to just reflect back earlier in your career. What have you learned? How have you progressed your thinking from when you were, you know, starting out and maybe just didn't have all these personal experiences? How do you think about resistance now versus the way you maybe used to? You know, that's another really good question. I think, you know, going back to it, I was just quickly thinking back to my first real experience with significant change. And I'm going to date myself entirely here, but (laughs) I, I studied journalism at Auburn University. I graduated with a degree in journalism. So I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. And that's what I studied to be. I was a, a newspaper person. I, you know, And my senior year in college, this tells you how old I am, the editor of the newspaper said, it was my junior year, the editor said, we don't have a full-time position here. The only position that we have at the newspaper that you could fill is technical editor. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm the least technical person that there is, (laughs) but okay, tell me more. Well, we're going to start to design newspapers on Mac computers. And at the time, I knew nothing. I had no idea what this meant, but I truly dove in and learned the software that I needed to learn. I learned how to use a Mac computer. This is back when Macs were not laptops. They were these tiny little yes. clunky machines. You, know, you can, you can. I remember. Yes. Okay. So my first job coming out of college was as a, an assistant editor at a newspaper. 
and they had not transitioned to Max yet. But once I came in, everyone went to a Mac computer and I had to teach everyone oh my how to design a 50 year old newspaper oh my on a God. Mac computer. <laughs> and, you know, I can remember the sports editor just really being resistant to this change. And I think it was, mm -hmm. again, I, I felt so comfortable in the knowledge that I had acquired. I mean, I had not only, you know, trained in it with the, with the newspaper, I then taught a whole lab at Auburn about how to design newspapers on a computer because this was brand new. And so I really knew what I was talking about. And so again, I, I have to default back to that knowledge. I think, and I, I think, again, the common thread that I've seen throughout my career around this resistance to change, I think there is a component of, I don't understand, I don't know, I don't have the knowledge to do this. And I think that can really paralyze someone and that can really stop the change process. Even if it's positive change, even if it's good change, I think the, you know, the unknown, the lack of knowledge, the knowledge that's needed to make the change, I think some people are just not comfortable with that. And I continue to see that to this day. You know, I continue to see, you know, change efforts being made and the knowledge factor just it plays such a huge role and i think you'll see that you know i think you'll see that no matter where you are and what ch type of change you're trying to make and you you know i think you kind of you First off, you got a crash course in resistance. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I was like, holy smokes. But then I think also, you know, the thing you've mentioned a couple of times is the willingness to get in there and learn it and figure oh, yeah. it out. Like, and uh, yeah, you know. Just being really, really humble with, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to be a sponge. I'm going to learn everything I need to learn. And that, to me, when I start thinking about the change efforts that I've led, you know, really without consciously knowing I was being a change agent. Like these are, you know, to me, it was really immersing myself. I mean, when I got to McKesson, I remember one of the first meetings I was in, we were talking about all sorts of different cybersecurity technology. And I remember being just really lost and thinking, I'm a communicator. I have to be able to talk about these things. And I took one of my colleagues aside. I took him into a conference room and I said, listen, here are these 12 categories. I need you to explain these to me like I was five. <laughs> or better yet, explain these to me like I was your mother because <laughs> yeah. I don't understand any of this and I need to understand like what exactly all of this means and the relevance. And so I really do think there's, you know, there's that part of, you know, diving in, really getting schooled, not being afraid to, you know, to sort of get schooled on something, learn mm -hmm. something Keep new. Learning. Yeah. Um, and I do think, you know, for someone who's just starting out, get curious, ask questions, you know, challenge the, well, we've always done it this way. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sure that Steve Jobs wasn't thinking about that when he developed the, yeah. you know, the iPod that, yes. okay, well, people always used CDs or cassette tapes or record players. You know, I think challenging that, right? And just because somebody or an organization has always done something doesn't mean something new can't be brought in and there can't be significant benefits from it. Exactly. And I think too, I mean, I think back to your story that you told about, you know, when you're, you were first educating everybody on the Mac, which mm-hmm. is the head spinner, Crazy is too, is like not, I think one of the important things is learning, at least I think about my own experience is not taking resistance personally. Oh yeah. There, like you, all the reasons you've given why people don't want to make that change. It's usually not because I don't like you or, Oh, I don't like the way you're acting. It's just, it's, I'm afraid of it. It's something completely new. And I'm sure you, you face some resistance when you were trying to do that. Absolutely. I mean, our sports Mm -hmm. editor continued to do things manually and I thought, okay, well, you know, and at some point, you know, there was a, a little bit of, okay, well, you know, the other thing I would say is find your advocates Right. There you go. Um, yeah. And that's where that relationship comes back comes in. You know, I right. mean, I really do feel like in the situations where I've had to either lead significant change or support it, that, you know, advocates were a big part of it. Right. right. You know, even going back to the college newspaper where I had to learn, you know, the technical side of it, you know, the sports editor who was a student at that time, obviously, we were all students. He loved being able to design you know, the sports section on a computer. And so I, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to latch onto this guy. I'm going to align myself with him. And, you know, when I graduated and started working at the newspaper, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go side by side with the folks who are willing to see this as a more efficient way to work. Right. I knew the value of it. I knew the efficiency of it. I knew it was going to cut time. I knew that it was a lot more fun and, you know, Eventually, the sports editor there kind of, you know, begrudgingly started learning. But again, it was, you know, the unknown, also the time involved, right? Sometimes it it, it does take time to it learn something new, you know, right. Right. so. Yeah. And I think you're getting it. What's the root cause? What yeah. is the reason for the resistance? Yeah. And then just kind of going at it. So I know we're, we're just about out of time and I just wanted to close and I want to ask you one question. Mm-hmm. If Somebody asked you on resistance, we all, number one, expect it. We know it's going to be there, right? But if somebody said, what, what can I do? What's the one piece of advice you would give me if I feel like I need to get better at handling the resistance around me? What, what would you, what would you pick from all the many things we've talked about? I would probably pick, you know, again, I think this ties back to relationships is understanding their reasons why. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think that's important as you're going through and really probing that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone, I remember having the conversations at Equifax with our head of communications when I was first kind of talking about our, how we were responsible for working with the mainstream press and answering consumer inquiries and things like that. And I remember asking the head of communications, okay, well, what's the risk here? What are we talking about? Right. Is this, you know, is this just, well, I don't want to add to, you know, the inquiries that are already coming in for, for other things. What's the problem here? Right. And so I remember listening to her and, 
you know, her being very concerned that this was going to, you know, this could be a liability. And I thought, but what if it's not? Yeah. Yeah. But you listened. Right. You asked. Yeah. And you listened. And right. So you knew where she was coming right. from, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. And so I think having those, really having a good gauge for um, your stakeholders and the points of pain that they may have that are keeping them stuck, right? And being, because there's always a reason. It's not just, I don't feel like it. There's, there's a reason why. There's a reason why. It could be the with them. It could be, you know, maybe they don't understand that clearly. But I, I do think it's important through the process, through the change process, to understand the resistance. Not just know it's going to be there, but understand why. And right. then for that person, for that specific exactly. person, because it'll be different. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, you kind of course correct and, you know, adjust appropriately. And then I think, you know, the, the change can go a lot smoother, but I think really understanding the why. For sure. Nancy. This has been so good. I could have talked to you another 30 minutes. We're going to let you go celebrate your birthday. Oh, thank you. And I just appreciate so much these tips and advice. I think there have been so many little kernels in here that I think anyone can take away and start to really make progress on the resistance. So thank you so much You're quite for joining. I appreciate it so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. I appreciate okay, it. All right. Bye. bye. Thank you all for joining us today for Be A Wavemaker Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more Conversations on Change coming very soon. Have a great week.